0: You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Hallelujah. Book of Psalms, chapter 5 this morning. And uh, we're going to be reading from verse 1 through to 3. Hallelujah. Book of Psalms. Praise God. book of Psalms, chapter 5, verse 1 through to 3. Uh, in uh, September 2018, uh, Mark Wahlberg made headlines after uh, putting his daily routine on Instagram. How many know what Instagram is? It's all right. We'll have an altar call afterwards. We can pray, repent, hallelujah. And so uh, Instagram is this social media play platform. And put his schedule on there, and let me read it to you, because it caused uh, an outbreak uh, in the social media world. Uh, It said it started at 2.30 a.m. and finished at 7.30 p.m. Mark Wahlberg's typical day schedule starts like this, 2.30 a.m., wake up, 2.45 a.m., prayer time. 3.15 breakfast, 3.45 to 5.15 workout, 5.30 a.m. post-workout meal, 6 a.m. And this is the time we start drifting out of our 10th dream and thinking about, contemplating about waking up. He has a shower, 7.30 a.m., plays golf, bless his dirty heart, hallelujah, if only we could all. 8 a.m. snack, 9.30 a.m. Uh, cryo chamber recovery, 10.30 uh, a.m. snack again, uh, then 11 a.m. family time meeting, work calls, at 1 p.m. lunch, uh, 2 p.m. meetings, work calls, 3 p.m. pick up the kids from school, 3.30 p.m. snack, 4 p.m. workout, number two, uh, uh, 5 p.m. shower, 5.30 p.m. dinner, family time, 7.30 p.m bedtime, and that's how he does it. 2.30, waking up. So the truth is, is that that man has a routine that we would uh, dream of having, no doubt, right? Everyone would love to wake up at 2.30, <laughs> start the day off. What fascinated me about this routine is his morning routine consisted of having prayer time, and how this uh, generation today is so fixated with so many other things that go on in our days. The morning time being so special, and we're going to look deeper into... The uh, very uh, realities of what a morning consists and how God holds priority over that. Uh, But I've been reading a book this week uh, called uh, uh, Mastering Life Before It's Too Late, 10 Biblical Strategies for a Lifetime uh, Purpose by Robert J. Morgan. And he said these words, he said, How we begin the morning determines whether we'll be pleasant and productive throughout the day. The early hours are the prologue to the day and to the pristine liturgia, I think it is, of life. And so these are big words. I don't even know how, you know how to pronounce them. But here is this understanding. He says the beginning hours of the day, the morning, set the course for your entire day. And every single one of us this morning goes, oh, my Because how quickly it is for us to get ready. We throw either the kids in the car or we get ourselves ready for work. And before we know it, we're on the M1. We've forgotten to lay a hold of God, to even consider as Christians what it is God has for us on this day. And so I want to look this morning and consider a sermon I've entitled, Good Morning. Because what does it mean to have a good morning i know a lot of people we say good morning but have we really or are we really experiencing what the bible says a good morning consists of so the book of psalms chapter 5 verse 1 through to 3 the bible says these words give ear to my words o lord Consider my meditation, give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Good morning. So let's look firstly and consider the morning fight, because the truth is, is that we all have morning routines from getting up early to, uh, uh, you know, quickly jumping into peak hour traffic for getting for any mother that's here, you're quickly getting the kids ready for school so that and they don't miss out on their lessons. Every single one of us has a morning routine, something that you do every single morning. Some of you maybe don't begin your day without a good cup of coffee. You miss that out and everything's thrown out of whack. But the truth is, as Christians, we ought to develop and be mindful about what our morning consists of. Even when you... Plan things. It seems as though the morning has uh, always uh, encompassed a surprised reality. That sometimes, uh, uh, you know, we uh, think everything's fine. You wake up, uh, you've had a good night's sleep, uh, only to find out uh, uh, that you know your youngest child has wet the bed, and so now you've got to quickly grab all the sheets and throw them into the washing machine uh, because the place is going to stink out. Or you know, you've just finished feeding all the kids, uh, and then one of them turns around and vomits everywhere, and you're thinking, "We got to go. Uh, we got," you know, every. Morning has a surprise element to it. And so here is this reality. Our scripture is centered during a time where the psalmist David is writing, enduring hardships. No doubt things can happen in our morning that can throw us off. And if we are not ready for this, how our day begins to pan out seems only getting worse by the minute and by the hour. So we need help because this psalmist he writes uh, that he's not able to start his day until he begins to deal with the issues uh, that have already faced him. Now, one of the things I've come to realize is that something or someone is always trying to steal my mornings. Whether it be sleep that's trying to steal your morning. Whether it be some person that maybe said something or uh, the devil himself, uh, the mornings are always a time we find ourselves fighting and we may be wrestling St. Mattress because we don't want to get out of bed because we're too tired. Or uh, there are Issues at work, you don't want to see negative Nancy today because she's already said so many things that have offended you and so going to work seems so difficult and it's a fight and it's a battle and listen to me, the truth is it's only going to get harder if you don't process mornings correctly. I know as a new parent juggling full-time work when came over from Western Australia, Having to juggle full-time work, my family, ministry, my own spiritual walk. I would pray many times in traffic, and these would be my alone times. I'd play music, Christian music, some praise and worship. I would be speaking in tongues. I'd be praying, and I'd you know sometimes close my eyes and quickly realize I'm on the road again and swerving out of traffic. This one particular morning. Sticks vividly in my mind, something drastically changed. I was during my morning routine, I was working as a bricklayer, and I would many times be traveling to Brisbane, so I'm up very early. And so I'm trying to fit everything in spiritually. And as I'm driving, my phone, which normally sits on my passenger seat, is faced down. And as I'm praying and I'm uh, you know, just uh, you know, thinking about the things of God, I just notice out of the corner of my eye, my, my phone just flashed. And so it's early in the morning. I'm thinking maybe it could be my wife. Uh, she needs help. And so I just reached over to flip the phone over and see if, if it was anything serious. But as I did that... Through the passenger window, there was a police officer on a motorbike looking directly at me. And so I pick up my phone, glance, glance up. He's there with eye contact for a moment, and you could just see the... He's wearing a helmet. I could see the fury in his eyes. Within 30 seconds, he's by my passenger... He is signaling me to wind your window down. Now, for anyone who's young, well, there was a time where you used to have <laughs> winders, right? This, this, you know, nowadays is wind the window down, right? But he's signaling. Well, I've got one of those cars, okay? So I'm winding my window down. Now I'm looking straight ahead. I know I'm in trouble. And he's there. He, I wind my window. He begins to yell at me through the window. Do you want to know what he said? It's still in my head. He's riding his motorbike and he's looking at me and he goes, Go on, look at it again. (laughs) And so now this is a test. Lord, what is go on, look at it again, because I have no problem giving you a $350 fine. And I just kept on driving. Next thing you know, he just sped off. And I'm sitting, I'm going, he stole my morning. This was my time, my heart racing, totally. I mean, my thoughts are everywhere. You know, who has a spare 350 lying around? All I did was just a second. But that's all it takes for a morning routine to be disrupted. Interesting at how Jesus brings this reality to Peter. When uh, Peter is there, he says, you know what? The uh, Lord said, Simon, indeed. We're here. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may... Sift for you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith uh, should not fail when we uh, you have returned to me. Strengthen your brethren. uh, Here uh, uh, Jesus is bringing this to his uh, reality that someone is trying to steal uh, the morning times, your faith, your prayer times, your uh, you know your discussions with me, uh, and yet here is Jesus Christ uh, revealing this to him. I've prayed for you. I've laid a hold of you. I've I've done things so that that you would be victorious. Uh, but the truth is, brings this revelation to us. Mornings are of importance. It sets the course of our day. Biblically, uh, it is seen uh, uh, as a very uh, prominent time. In uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse 21, it was in the morning where... The Gatherer, uh, according to each one, what they had in need. When the sun uh, became home, it melted. This is uh, became hot. It melted. This was a time where manna was falling uh, from the heavens, uh, and the people of God were in what you need to provide for your family through the day. Just one day, not for the week or the month. He said one day this morning, you have to get up and you have to collect this heavenly manner." And listen to me, this is what we're doing is when we're laying a hold of God, we're waking up to receive what God has for us. It is of importance because how many know by the end of the day, many things have melted away. It was the burning of incense, of fragrant incense. In Exodus 30, verse 7, the Bible says, Aaron shall burn it; uh, its sweet incense every morning when he tends the lambs. He shall burn incense on it. And so here uh, is this imagery of our lives uh, that when we are uh, finally, you know, we're lifting up our prayers. It's a sweet-smelling aroma to the Father in heaven. Throughout the day, uh, it sets uh, the fragrance of our day. The priest, which would begin their day with morning sacrifices in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12, uh, and the fire of the altar shall be kept. On it, uh, it shall not be put out, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burning uh, offering uh, in the uh, order on it, and it shall burn on it at the fat of the peace offering. Uh, so, here is this reality that by the end of the day, many times we begin to just be a smoldering block. God says, Set the fire alight in the morning. Lay a hold of me, in other words. And King David established a regular worship here. Established it with this understanding of 1 Corinthians, sorry, Chronicles twenty three thirty. Stand every morning and thank and praise the Lord. And likewise at evening. Here is this reality. You and I need to grasp. It's in the mornings. It sets the tone for our whole day. So let's look secondly this morning at morning meetings. Because... It is morning meetings that many times in a corporate world, you cannot miss. If I was to say you have an appointment with a CEO of your company, uh, you would not miss that meeting. You would not dare be late because you know uh, that your job would be on the line if all of a sudden you missed a meeting with a very important person. Now, bring that into our spiritual life. What if we were to say, you have a meeting with the Almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the author and finisher of our faith. He is going to meet with you. But it's going to be at 6 p.m. It's going to be at 6.30. It's going to be at 7. Whatever time you wake up, would you meet it? Would you sleep in? Would you hit the snooze button? Because it's a morning meeting with God that changes the course of our whole life. Jesus spoke about our habits and challenged us about our prayer life. He speaks, uh, but uh, you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place uh, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Here is this understanding. Jesus is speaking about a location, where you are at, where do you live, a place where you reside. And listen to me, it is that secret place that God is interested in. He wants to know the intimate realities of your life. He wants to be spoken to in those places that is most intimate to you so that He can be known to you and reveal His love for you. He's challenging us and he's interested about our prayer room. He's interested about our prayer life because making it a habit establishes a living relationship with the Father in heaven. Let me read to you this illustration. A man's daughter once asked his local pastor to come and pray with her father. When the pastor arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head, Propped up by two pillows and an empty chair that was beside him. The pastor assumed that the old man had already been told or informed about the pastor's visit. And so he said, I guess you were expecting me. The man replied, no, who are you? He said, I'm the new associate pastor of the local church. When I saw the empty chair, I figured that you were just ready for me to show up. The man replied, oh, Yeah, the chair. Would you mind closing the door and puzzled the pastor shut the door He goes, I've never told anyone about this, not even my daughter. The man went to describe, but all my life I never knew how to pray. In fact, uh, I found it very difficult until one pastor finally mentioned to me that speaking to Jesus is like just having a simple conversation. He suggested you get an empty chair uh, and when you begin to pray or speak to God, uh, Speak to that empty chair. He goes, to be honest, it felt a little spooky. But as time went past, my relationship with Jesus developed. I haven't talked about this marcia but this is something that I cherish even till today. The pastor was very intrigued about this, finished the conversation, prayed with him and left. It wasn't long after that the daughter of uh, this man called the pastor and made known that her father had passed away. She said it was the strangest thing. In fact, we found him with his head resting on that chair. I want you to think about something. Because we speak about prayer and many times it becomes something that we do out of a tradition or a ritual. But you need to understand that prayer is supposed to establish a living relationship. If you do a study in regards to the kings of Israel, the first king that was appointed and anointed overseer and ruler over the children of Israel was Saul. And Saul was a man, the Bible says, was head and shoulders above the rest. In fact, the very moment he was anointed as king, he began to prophesy and it brought a very confused response from those who heard. In fact, they said, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul amongst the prophets? And so consider Saul now being promoted to a place of kingship, uh, only to find out later on down the track, as you do a a read this in your own time, uh, that Saul oversteps in the arena of prayer and sacrifice. Uh, He is told by the prophet Samuel, wait until I get there, do not sacrifice until I'm there. Uh, He then steps into uh, a place of anxiety, uh, begins to worry about, About the people and Saul does something that is forbidden. He does not wait upon the man of God, and therefore is removed as the king of the people of God. Samuel responds, and I want you to think about this. He says, "But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for Himself a man after His own heart." And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Now I want to bring this correlation this morning, it's because the psalmist that is writing is David, and David would be anointed as the king over the people of Israel. What's distinct about what Samuel says in regards to the new king is that he is a man after God's own Heart. And what can be said about David, he was, he was a man of morning prayer. Many times you'll hear and read in the Psalms that I will lift my voice. I will be crying to you in the mornings. This was a time that David set aside to be able to lay a hold of his father in heaven. Listen to me, it is no mistake that he went from a shepherd boy to being a, a, a commander of an army to being the king over Israel because what he did in the secret place, what he established in the early hours of his life, listen to me, prepared him for what God had for him in the future. We can many times wake up and go through our whole day and forget the very moment that we missed. Those times, those precious mornings. You know, relationship with God is more than just routine or ritual. We can be so mechanical. Lord, help me today. Bless me. Protect my family. Keep me safe. Help me to have a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. It's like we pray for, Food, right? Blessed to our bodies. Amen. Let's eat. It can be begin to be so ritual. But listen to me. There is so much more that you can tap into this time. God is more concerned about our walk with Him than our work for Him. We can get caught up. You know, I've got to do this and and there are so many other things. And I know personally uh, in ministry we can uh, uplift that and I've got to be here and I've got to counsel and I've got to invest in this. uh, And my mind is here and yet my own personal walk with God. God says, I value that more. I'm more interested in your heart, your desires, in what's worrying you. So let me bring it back again if We had a morning meeting scheduled every morning with the Almighty God. Would you make it? Would you make that a priority? Because it's a living relationship that God has. He wants to develop and He wants to understand what it is that is upon your heart and what it is that you need in your everyday life. So let's look thoroughly in closing a heart of expectancy because prayer begins to develop a life of expectancy. A prayer life is a living relationship with God, and indeed it needs to be growing, developing over time. James 5.16, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. We know what that scripture speaks about, laying a hold of God and bringing things, the issues of our hearts, the issues on our mind to the throne of God, knowing that He's able to bring answers. And our prayer life allows God not only to, uh, for us to speak to Him, but for God to speak to us. Our scripture mentions to look up. I don't know if I put it in there Yeah. And I read that and I thought, what does that even mean? You shall hear me in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. If you're a Bible student, you'll understand that there is a definition behind that phrase to look up. And it means or its context is to watch with purpose. So think about this. Yes, there is prayer. There's crying out to God, God, I need you to move. God, there are so many issues. But then there's a time where the psalmist says, I'm going to look up. I'm going to watch in expectancy. I'm going to wait on those prayers to be answered. Because how many know we serve a God that is the answer? Oh, okay, just me. I said we serve a God that's the answer for each and every issue of our life. Amen? And so. When it comes to prayer, we can very much fill the air up with words. Lord this, Lord that, Lord this, Lord that. List of of things. But how many stop and consider looking up? Waiting and watching with purpose. The NIV says, wait expectantly. I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait for God to answer. And I'm going to expect that prayer to be answered. Because prayer is not just about filling the air with words. It's time spent waiting for God to respond as well. In Psalms 143 verse 8, Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Listen to me. There are strategies. There is a direction that God has for you as you pray in the morning. He's got already things planned to the very end of your day. But if you are not laying a hold of Him in the morning and looking up, waiting, expecting Him to direct your path, how will you know? With so many things that can flood our lives, we can miss out on what God has for us in one day. So a good habit to develop This book, Mastering Life Before It's Too Late, speaks about a 15-minute plan. Every single one of us can do this. It's very simple, 15 minutes. The writer says, take five minutes to read your Bible, five minutes to pray, and five minutes to plan your day. 15 minutes. Set things in course. Five minutes to read your Bible, five minutes to pray, and five minutes to plan your day. You do that... And think about it. You've already prepared things. You've read about what God has. The promises, the blessings, the strategies. Now you begin to meditate upon that. You begin to lay a hold. God, I want those blessings in my life. God, I want the wisdom. I want the direction. I want discernment. You begin to lay a hold and then you begin to plan the day. Now God begins to direct your path. God begins to instruct you. Think about uh, uh, Jericho when the children of Israel are marching around its walls. The strategy was opposite to any other strategy you and I would have come up with. You're going to march around the city. Say nothing. We're just going to go for a walk. How many like walking? That's all God says to do. Just walk. And you know who's going to lead that walk? The priests, the people of God. They're going to be there at the front. And then all of a sudden, after a time of walking, you're going to raise your voices, and the walls are going to come crashing down. <laughs> We're thinking, "What, what is? It? I mean, come on. But see, when you dive into the strategies that God has, you now begin to understand there's more than what you and I recognize is happening. But I wonder how many of us this morning can do this. Set time aside in our morning to be able to appropriate all that God has. See, I don't know about you, but I want to see what God has for my days. And every single day is a new opportunity for Him to demonstrate how much He loves me and how much He's in control. Developing that relationship with God builds us. Heart of expectancy. That we ought to be not just people that pray, God be with me, God help me. But be waiting for that time where that prayer is answered and give him praise through that. Let me close with this story. This is the man known as the man with 2347 names on his prayer list. His name is Din Lee May. Din was reached by the gospel uh, in the 1800s by foreign mission uh, efforts of American Presbyterians. Din was just a normal man that uh, growing up uh, in a communist country, not understanding the gospel, finally came in contact uh, when he was in his 20s and was radically saved. He began to preach everywhere he went, and as a result, uh, he suffered uh, many persecutions. At one time, he was beaten uh, with uh, over 500 stripes with a cane, uh, left uh, mass raw, uh, you know, flesh on his back, uh, uh, having to uh, uh, be uh, miraculously prayed over, healed from those. uh, uh, Finally, recovering from his wounds, Din enrolled in a Chinese university in. February 19, uh, 1910. Uh, during the four days of meeting, he conducted 116 students, offered themselves to the Lord for full-time uh, vocational service. As Din saw God using his efforts, he realized the Lord was calling him uh, to devote his life to working with students. In the summer of nineteen, uh, he was instrumental in forming the Chinese student volunteer movement uh, for the mi- uh, ministry. He became the first traveling secretary. His impact on Chinese university students was so great that Dr. John Mott said in recent years, he has influenced the largest number of students to devote their lives to the Christian ministry ever secured by one man during the history of churches in China. He was noted as being the D.L. Moody of China. Now, what I want you to focus on is that he went on to write this article speaking about the prayer life of the Chinese Christians he said the gospel has now been preached in China for over a century and Her 22 providence, Christian believers and inquirers number more than half a million. God has opened very wide the door for preaching the Word and for winning men to Him. Western and Chinese Christians alike will unite in acknowledging that the chief explanations of this is to be found in the great volume of prayer for China's redemption. The prayer life of the Chinese Christians has commanded my closest attention from my youth up. He went on to say, that because of the life that was that made impact in his own personal life by him seeing the prayer life of a Those missionaries that came, that laid a hold of God early in the mornings, he said, I would hear them praying zealously for the souls of men and women. He began to formulate a prayer life that consisted of a list. And in order for him to be able to get through that list, he would have to begin at very early in the morning. Because of that, many lives were transformed. Now, I can't help but think about how you and I can be instrumental in something so profound. That I know that not everyone can sing or play an instrument or have enough time to devote their lives to ministry, but every single one of us could pray. There's not one person in this place that can't even just devote 5, 10, 15 minutes laying a hold of God and seeking out for what God has for each and every one of our lives. If you have nothing to pray for, pray for me. Because I need prayer. There are are people that are connected to you that need prayer. There are lives that are stepping into eternity every single day. And I know we've got a busy day ahead of us. But if you would just set a time aside, first thing in the morning, you wake up, get yourself ready, lay hold of God. Begin to cry out. What God could use our lives to transform this city. What God could do through a praying church, uh, laying a hold of the souls of men and women. Get a list together. Begin to write down what it is uh, God uh, you would like to see God do in your life, or in uh, the friends and family members that you have around. You lay a hold of God and seek Him out. You watch those answers being prayer. Those answers being uh, prayers being answered throughout the day. God is still answering prayers. He has not stopped. But I wonder how many have stopped expecting. I wonder how many people are here. Yeah, you pray. But what about seeing those prayers answered, expecting them to come to fruition? Each and every one of us, as the people of God can cry out and say, God, I need you to move. Come him out first thing in the morning and watch it manifest throughout the day. Praise God. That's all I have this morning. Why don't we seal off in a word of prayer? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. We're going to have a time of prayer to allow God to help us this morning. While our heads bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to give an opportunity for anyone, firstly, you're here this morning, you're unsaved or maybe you're backslidden. The presence of God is in this place. God has a plan for your life. He's able to move instrumentally in every circumstance. But something that separates mankind from Him is sin. The Bible says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous. Each and every one of us have made mistakes, have failed have sinned in the eyes of God. The truth is is that God is a good God. He is a loving God. He said that he's willing that none would perish, but all have everlasting life. What I want you to realize something this morning is that you are a spirit trapped in a body. And your spirit is going to live forever. Your spirit, it was going to face that judgment, that day when you stand before God, how you lived your life and what you did on this earth. God's going to ask you that question, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? Did you accept him or did you reject him? And while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I know I'm speaking to the right people because I know that this life that we live is no doubt riddled with so many discertainties, things that can throw us off, things that can cause us to stumble, make mistakes, live a life of embarrassment and shame. But listen to me, I'm here to declare to you That Jesus came and He promised a life and a life more abundant. That means that you can have more than you would ever dream. That there are things and there are plans, uh, not of evil, but of hope to bring you a future. You know, my God loves you so much. He's willing, none would perish, but all would have everlasting life. And I want to declare to you that if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. You can. He can be made real to you. He can transform you. Set you free from anxiety. Set you free from depression. Set you free from every perverted spirit. Addictions. Things can be broken this morning, but the Bible says you must confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. If you're here this morning and you've not confessed, if you've not asked God to forgive you of your sins, this is your opportunity to ask Him to be made real to you. Forgive all your sins. Come into your heart. Help you to make right decisions. The Bible says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens up the door. I will come in and dine with him. I wonder how many this morning you hear the knocking. Jesus is crying out. He's saying, let me in. Let me in. I can transform you from the inside out. If you're here this morning, you're unsaved or maybe you're back, you'd like to pray. I want to give you an opportunity to Pray. Allow God to deal with us once again. How many would there be under the sound of my voice? I'm not going to hold this for much longer, but if God's dealing with you, I want you to raise your hand. Lift it up nice and high, and then you can put it back down. We'll have someone pray for you. Yes, amen. The presence of God is in this place. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe it's the time that you went to church, you read your Bible. But through the course of time, you've drifted. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. Would you still, once again, come back? Unsaved or backslidden, raise your hand. Who's God speaking to? Amen. Lift it up, amen. God bless you. Praise God. Then changing the order of the service this morning, I want to open these altars up for a time of prayer. Maybe you're here, you're just like each and every one of us. We have a busy day. Like me on that motorway. I'd not planned to be confronted by a policeman and disrupted my morning ritual throwing everything out of whack, and maybe those have been accumulating, you realize, you know what, I haven't spent time in prayer or reading my Bible or waiting on God. Morning times are just so chaotic. But God's beginning to challenge you. You can still set time aside. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't pray in the mornings, but you want to go before God this morning and say, you know what, I'm going to set Time aside, Maybe that's you. God's dealing with you. You're saved. This is not a call for salvation, but maybe God's dealing with you. You want to go on record and say, yes, that's me. God's dealing with me. I need to, I need to start my, prayer, my day in prayer. If God's dealing with you, I want you to raise your hand. Who's God speaking to? Yes. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Maybe you have already started prayer, but you're hit and miss. Every so often it's like you go a week and you've forgotten to pray. You'd recognize, you know what? I need to be more diligent, more consistent. I need to make sure that I'm going to make this a priority, a meeting with God every single day. Maybe you're going to start with that 15-minute plan. If that's you, God's dealing with you. I want you to raise your hand. You go on record. Say, I'm going on record. Yes, 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 yes. Hands are going up. Amen, amen. Praise God. I want to let you know As you begin to lay a hold of God, expect Him to move. Expect Him to answer. Step into that dimension. Say, God, I know you can do this. And as you do that, you'll watch as, as God begins to demonstrate all that He has. Fulfillment of God's promises. I want to open these altars up. If you raise your hand or even if you didn't, come down to the altar. Begin to lay a hold of God. Let's pray, church. Let's lay a hold of God this morning. These altars are open. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, me, me, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not in the altar this morning, we're going to stand. We're going to sing this song. Come to the altar, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's remain in an attitude of praise. though. Allow God to speak to each and every one of us. Don't leave this altar. You may have done been uh, praying to God, but maybe God hasn't done ministering to you. Don't leave hastily. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open. sing this out. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't He one? come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious. Sing it one more time. Yes, sir. Come to the altar. Oh, come to Hallelujah. Let's give God praise in this place. Let's worship Him. Father God. Hallelujah. 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 What God can do through an individual's life that just lays a hold of Him, seeks Him first thing in the morning. Let's see what God uh, does. Begin to cry out with the heart of expectancy. God is on the move, He has not stopped answering our prayers. Let's believe for God to do that this week and in the coming months and years. Hallelujah, until His return. Why don't we seal off in a word of prayer. I want to thank you once again for being a part of our regular services. I'm going to ask if Wale could, with a loud voice,